You're listening to Level Up and Thrive, where I keep you inspired with stories of grit, grind, and grace from minorities who've been where you are. I'm your host, Yasmin Robles, entrepreneur, Latina, and bringer of truth bombs, because the hustle, as we all know, ain't always pretty. In this show, I present you with stories that keep you motivated, energized, and persevering towards your goals. Let's get to it. Welcome, everybody, to Level Up and Thrive. I am here with Tanisha, who is the founder of TJE Communications. She offers digital marketing solutions to small business owners and really wants to level the playing field between themselves and large corporations. I wanted to bring Tanisha on this episode because I believe that she is a community builder. She has created Respect the Hustle, as well as worked with other communities here in Columbus, Ohio, to not only support small businesses, but I believe anyway, that she is also representing people of color and getting us through the door. Tanisha, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your business and how you got started? Yeah. So as you mentioned, a founder of TJE Communications, and like you said, I primarily focus on digital marketing solutions. Um, I got started in 2014. Um, I was very involved on campus. I had like 10 internships. I was the president of Black Student Union for a year. I was president of our um, public relations society that we had on campus. I mean, literally anything, anytime anyone on campus needed something, they came to me. (laughs) And even the dean at our school, like she doesn't even call me Tanisha. She calls me Nish, which is what all my friends call me. It's a very small private Catholic school, how Dominican. Um, But despite all of those things, um, looking for a job post-graduation, I could not find a job (laughs) at all. Um, Nothing in my field, nothing relatable. Um, And honestly, I do feel like because my personality, you know, I have purple hair and like I'm very, you know, I just kind of just do me. I feel like, you know, within the public relations uh, community at that time, I don't really feel like I was accepted um, just because I was different, different vibes than everyone else. So I kind of feel like that was part of the reason as well. So I just decided, you know, okay, well, this is something that I know I want to do. So I'm just going to do my own thing. So I worked at, I was working at Lens Crafters at the time, which is why I love like cool glasses (laughs) and um, building my business. And I also had an internship that kind of just let me stay on until I found a job. So from there, I worked at Big Brothers Big Sisters. Um, I worked at a couple agencies and corporations. And then finally, um, in April 2019, I quit my job. And I've been um, my own boss ever since. (laughs) Yeah. Why don't we dive a little deeper into the, you know, trying to fit the mold or just saying, you know what, I'm just not going to fit the mold and yeah. uh, continue on. I can, I can definitely relate in terms of, you know, I can't change the skin color that I have, but I can change my hair. So when you said, yeah, you have purple hair. I'm like, yeah, you know, when, when I was working in corporate and trying to get those corporate gigs, mm-hmm. definitely straightening my hair and mm-hmm. it just, but with a, right now I still do it because I like it, but definitely doing it for the purpose of obtaining that job, of getting that promotion, of understanding that I have to fit this mold to gain a job in corporate. So can you talk a little bit more about that and how 
how you maneuvered that and how that affected your um your feelings with the community yeah so I first you know I used to get relaxers as a kid I think I got my first relaxer and I was like in kindergarten wow (laughs) we couldn't afford it so (laughs) we couldn't afford anything like that (laughs) you know I feel like at the time there wasn't a lot I have like very coarse very thick hair so mm-hmm. I feel like at the time it was probably just easier for my mom to just give me a relaxer so that my hair was straight. So it was just easier for her to manage. I, I feel like at that time there weren't a lot of like products like we have now for people with hair texture like mine. So mm-hmm. it was probably like really hard for her. And Tegan has really thick hair too, but I've been natural since like 20 maybe 2012. So it's been some time. So for me, it's nothing to do her hair. People are like, Oh my God, how do her hair so thick? I'm like, well, my hair is actually thicker. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, you, you see the way that, you know, I at least saw the way that other women in like the industry and even just in college going to those public relations events and everyone's like dressed so nicely and they're you know wearing heels and doing things like that and I've never been a person that particularly liked wearing high heels I mean I I will if I have to but it's just not something I like pictured for myself as something I needed to do for work every day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I did see those things and wonder because, I mean, there was a time where I used to spend like hundreds of dollars buying like, you know, human hair weave to like have like a, a silky hair look. And I did that for a while before I was just like, you know what, like it is what it is like this is who I am and I'm just going to be that. <clears throat> but not to say that that was easy, like it definitely took time. Um, and I, and I definitely noticed, you know, when for, for me, if I go from, you know, purple hair today and then tomorrow I I could have like a short bob red wig and it was always such a big deal. Like, Oh my God, your hair. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough that I've definitely experienced like some microaggressions, but some of like my close work friends, like I would just straight up tell them like one of my old work friends, you know, she asked me like, Oh my God, your hair, can I touch it? And I was like, no, I'm gonna let you touch my hair. (laughs) I was like, but you better never ask another black woman to touch her hair ever again, Mm -hmm. because it's actually really offensive. She didn't have, she didn't know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's just like, even having to explain those things was sometimes very annoying. Um, And, you know, just trying to fit into that, like, okay, I have to buy new clothes and I have to wear these certain things so that people take me seriously. Um, It it was just frustrating. And like, honestly, I was telling someone else this like a couple of weeks ago, up until now, this is the most in my life that I've really felt like I could 100% be myself at all times. (laughs) You know, you have to code switch, which for people who don't know what that is, it's like, you know, when you go in certain rooms as a person of color, you know, if you're using slang or talking in a certain way, people may not take you as seriously. So you have to, you know, articulate yourself. And then Mm -hmm. you have people who have had said to me like, oh my God, you speak so well. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like you're so articulate. And it's like, okay, like, should I not be? I'm confused. (laughs) 
so you know it's just this is the most free i felt in my mm-hmm. entire life that if i'm in a meeting with my client and something's great i could be like yes that's great yes we did that mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter because th- i work for myself so i don't have to be like wow that's great if that's not what i want to say i can actually say what's on my mind at all times yeah. And thank you for bringing up, co- I never knew of the term code switch, but I definitely acted on it. So um, especially going to professional networking events or interviews or anything, you know, going from home life to corporate, it yeah. was always like, let me choose my words wisely. What is every, what is everybody, I guess, what is the way that they're speaking? And let me emulate yeah. that because mm-hmm. I can't just go in there and give, I don't know, some kind of joke that's more or just anything that's really Latina yeah obvious that um that I'm not you know white (laughs) um but with owning a business I've been able to just say you know what it's I I mean if they're not going to take my I don't know the whatever joke or whatever way I'm speaking Mm -hmm. um if they're not going to take it then you know it's it's fine I don't have to worry about a boss coming in and saying something right and um speaking to the just the code switch again, where it's like, and I, I being asked like, or being told that, Hey, you don't have an accent. I'm like, yeah, that's because I was born in California, but raised in Pennsylvania, like Pennsylvania. <laughs> right? Right. I would hope I don't have an accent. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's just, it's very, thank you for touching on that. I never knew until recently, like the word code switch, but it's definitely yeah. something that people of color and especially navigating through business, right? You want to go ask for a loan. You're not going to go into a bank speaking the way you normally do, exactly. uh, things right. like that. So, um, and just and I think too, like we probably, cause you know, I don't think I really heard the term until like I was an adult and it's like, you think back to moments where, and I do it too, which is crazy. Like if, if we're going into a, a a public space and especially if it is a predominantly white space I'm like extra like careful to make sure Mm -hmm. that Tegan even though she is wild and active like every other child right I always try to make sure like okay stop don't do that don't do that Mm -hmm. because unfortunately it, it feels like for our children like we don't and I actually had to tell this to my niece and Tegan, um, like the other day, like we're, we don't get to make those same little tiny mistakes that other people mm-hmm. get to make, unfortunately. And it's not fair, but that's mm-hmm. just what it is. So I'm sure our, our mothers probably told us the same thing. We're going in places, sit up straight. Don't do that. Don't just mm-hmm. say that. Be quiet. And like at the time, you're you don't really understand why because you may see another kid on the other side, which I've seen. Like, well, he's climbing all over the chairs and like doing all that. Like, why can't I do that? And your mom's like, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, make all we always like. At least from my experience, like black moms that I know, or even my friend, she's Puerto Rican. Like, we make sure that when we're going to places, our kids are going to be the most well-behaved kids in there Mm -hmm. because we don't even want to draw attention to ourselves because of like just the whole like psychological part of like why when we go into these places we feel like we have to be better than the best like even if Mm -hmm. we're even if we're average with everybody like we have to like take it to the next level to like even be seen at all you know yeah yeah uh and that really brings up a good point where um so I had my daughter a little younger I think I was 21 22 Mm -hmm. a little younger than my goal was but 
she's there. Um, and yeah. And then I have my other one, the spare, you know? Um, and so the, when I was a, a surrogate, so I, that would have been like, if it would have been mine, it would have been my third. And I'm also a person of color and I would purposely make sure that I was trying to dress up a little better because it's like, okay, I'm a person, I'm a Latina with two kids mm-hmm. and they're, there's something, sometimes go crazy. And I have to yell at them. And then I'm trying to yell at them in Spanish because right. I don't want people to know that I'm threatening them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's, it's also, it's just, this whole thing. And then you don't even realize that you're doing it. So by the time I get home after a networking event of being a surrogate and having had to sneak my kids in because the sitting situation didn't um, lay itself out the way I wanted it to, it, it's just so exhausting. And you realize, I realize when I get home, it's like, why am I, was I so uptight? Like this whole time I was tense. I didn't even get to enjoy the event mm-hmm. because I was so worried that people would see me as this, just not as a business owner, yeah. but as some random Latina who walked in with a bunch of kids and pregnant and like, you know, wobbling on her heels because she was trying to wear heels while pregnant. Yes. I, so. I even make it a point, like if you know, we're at the doctor or doing something, I'm like, yeah, her dad, her dad, like, yes, mm-hmm. his name. because like, we're not together. But I want to be clear, like her dad is involved because it feels like people would just assume probably seeing you like, oh, look at her. This, you know, they think every every Latina person they see is Mexican. So they oh, yeah. probably are looking at you like, oh, look at this Mexican girl with all her kids. And oh, my God. Like, and I feel the same way with as a black woman. It's like, oh, here's another single mom. And the dad's probably not involved. So I always go above and beyond, too even at the doctor or doing anything like, yeah, she can put her dad's name too, just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's just crazy. Like the things that are just built already into like how we navigate life that we don't realize mm-hmm. <laughs> until you, you really just take a step back and like, think about all the little things that you do to almost like prove yourself mm-hmm. yeah. in everyday life. Yeah. And this just, the way it translates into owning a business, it's very interesting where interesting and frustrating at the same time, where going back to that code switch, like you, you have to know where you're, what event you're going to. And then when you find your people, Mm -hmm. it's like those events, you can finally just relax and be yourself. (laughs) And yeah, it's, it's just really somewhat draining trying to find the community that you would love to be in. and be a part of and then also though you you get to represent people of color by being a business owner being a mom um and then trying to set you know step into communities that might not be used to you exactly but still being true to you so it's just like this whole roller coaster of emotion I think in one networking event (laughs) I feel like for us it's also like kind of like a weight on your shoulders because it's like if you don't do a good job, they may never hire another Latina mm-hmm. to come in to, to do anything. Or if I don't do a good job, they're never going to hire another black woman to come here. Like that's how it feels, even though mm-hmm. that may not necessarily be the case, but that's how it feels. It's like, well, you're the one yeah. in this room. So you have to mm-hmm. like perform at the best of your ability or else you're just going to ruin it for everybody else. 
Yeah, I've definitely had that feeling where when I've gone to certain events and I see that I am sometimes the only woman, but usually the only person of color. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to sit up a little straighter, right? I have to speak mm-hmm. a little bit more the way that they would likely want me to speak. Exactly. And just represent and say, I am a business owner. I am just like you. I am here to make money. <laughs> Yeah. I'm here to support the community and to network. Please don't see me as a person of color. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So let's try to make this spin this a little bit more positive. Um, <laughs> so tell me, so when you started your business, you support small business owners. And now that you and I don't really, we don't have bosses, we can you know, I can go shout something out in Spanish and be yeah. okay with that. And uh, you can wear your purple hair, which yes. side note, I used to have a side fade and <laughs> that my mother, speaking of hair and code switching, she um, was worried that I wouldn't get any clients. And I'm like, but all the other people who are not people of color um, oh. might have like a side fade or a mohawk or something. And they look like cool designers. And she's like, yeah, but you're, you're not, you know, you're a Latina. Yeah. You can't have a side fade. You got to straighten your hair and you got to, you got to go out there. Um, But anyway, so speaking of communities and building and stepping into communities, how has your business helped you in becoming kind of like that person that is pushing people of color into uh, communities that might not be used to us? And how did you also create your own community within Respect the Hustle and, um, and grow that? Yeah, so I started Respect the Hustle while I was still working in corporate. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that, you know, as I ultimately knew that my end goal was to work for myself, I just didn't know when or how. But I pride myself on the fact that, like, anytime I could be out there networking, of course, you know, before taking, I was always out and about and trying to go to every single event. I realized like I have a great community of people that I can tap into. I know somebody who probably does a little bit of everything. And so I went from me selfishly reaching out to them, like asking for things that I had questions about and was like, well, you know, I feel like this will be a good opportunity for me to connect other people with my tribe of people that I know. So I had my first event, um, it was at Wine on High in 2017, and we had like 100 people register, which was great, and that's pretty much how it started, just as a way for me to connect other business owners or aspiring entrepreneurs with each other, Um, but I also needed the topics as well. So if if there was a topic that I wanted to know about, I'm like, oh, well, I would want to know that. Let me see if I can talk to this person to get connected to it. And that's kind of how it started. And now that I'm like full time on my own, like I feel like I'm a perfect product of Respect the Hustle, (laughs) of going to these events and networking with people and building this community. Um, And that's really how it started. And, you know, now with, with the conferences, even the planning for 2021, I'm even thinking about, okay, what would someone like, me at this level where it's like, okay, I I did it. I've been an entrepreneur for two years as of April. So now what? Um, But then there's also those people who are still trying to get their feet wet. So 
something that we're going to do this year for the conference is kind of have two different tracks. So like if you're still working full time, but you want to, you know, you start your own business or finally step into entrepreneurship, like there's going to be sessions specifically for those people. But if you're someone who's already been in it and now you're trying to grow, then there's going to be stuff for you too. So it's not going to be general anymore because now we do have these two different groups of people who are involved, um, which is great, which means that we can keep growing. But ultimately, you know, the goal is to just help people get the resources that they need if they want to just keep their corporate job, but have a side hustle. I mean, I feel like if 2020 taught us anything, it's that we can't be dependent on one person or one thing to survive. Like mm-hmm. we have to have multiple yeah. things. Going on. So <laughs> I even need to start a side hustle for myself as a business owner to make sure mm-hmm. that worse comes to worse. Like at the end of the day, if I have no clients, I can still survive. And then same thing for that person working like a corporate job or they have, you know, they want to climb the corporate ladder. They want to be in the C-suite of a big company. We do need people there too, but maybe they also have a hobby that they like to do and they want to make money from it. How can they legitimize that and, you know, keep it running? So that mm-hmm. that's where it started. And it's been, it's been fun to build And I'm really excited to like keep elevating it, like moving forward. Mm. What was one of the hardest things throughout your entrepreneurial journey and creating this community? What has been one of the toughest things that you have experienced? You know, the toughest thing, which I think is probably true for women, but then also women of color is setting your price and just being like, that's Mm -hmm. the price. Yeah, (laughs) that's the price. Uh I think that for me, I was so focused on like being just excited to make any money that I was just like, okay, you can only pay me $50. Okay, cool. Yeah. Which, you know, I feel like you do have to kind of earn your keep, but you also have to, um, you know, Aaron Scott from Ohio Women's Alliance told me like years ago, she's like, you know, people don't are not just going to pay you for the time they need to pay you for the time that you put in to get to Mm -hmm. this level in your career yeah and that's always stuck with me it's like it's not just about the time but it's also the expertise there's Mm -hmm. a lot of um digital marketers out there there's a ton of people that do social media I can think of a bunch of people that do email and even within that community we're like hey I'm at capacity here's a person that needs some help if you you know, need this, or I actually don't want to do social anymore. Tanisha, like, I want to pass this person to you. And like, that Mm -hmm. happens as well. But, you know, just understanding that whatever your price is, that's what it is. And there are people out there who are going to pay it. Um, So don't fold on that. But you also have to be able to deliver as well. But, you know, setting that price and sticking to it. So for me, I had to create kind of like a service package, like packet. So when people ask me, I just send it to them. So I don't have to talk to them about the price. Here Mm -hmm. it is. You know, I will admit I am the worst salesperson. I've said this a lot of times, like I don't like selling things. It's just like, here it is. 
this is what it comes with. Do you want it? No? Okay, well, if you do, just, you know, let me know and I'm going to move on. I'm not the, I'm just not a great salesperson. (laughs) I used to get in trouble for this at Lens Crafters because people would come in and they're like, oh, you know, Lens Crafters glasses are expensive, by the way. But, you know, if you didn't have insurance or you know, it didn't fit your budget. I'd be like, oh girl, there, I, there's a Walmart over there. They have a, um, an iMart. Just go get some glasses over there. They're cheap. That's just how I am. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and I'll tell people that like, well, this is the price, you know, I, I can budge on some things, but once it starts to become more work for me, and I've also learned that when you do budge the price, those clients become the biggest headache that you have. <laughs> mm-hmm. The clients who come to you, they, they know your work, they know your worth, and they're like, okay, this is what I'm going to pay. Those are the type of relationships that you want to have, because not only is it fulfilling for you to feel like you're being paid your worth, but then the client also knows that they're going to get what they pay for. So mm-hmm. that, that was the hardest part for me is to just put my foot down on the price and not negotiate things, mm-hmm. which can be scary, you know, when you're broke. <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, oh, I just <laughs> want to take this client in because I don't have, I'm not making any money, but you know, I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. So I feel like, you know, if it's something that's meant to be, it's going to happen. You just have to stay patient and, and wait to work with the right people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think pricing has definitely been the I don't know how you can put this, like the, the, the most frustrating, the bane of my existence in mm-hmm. business. And, you know, you never, unless you are going and asking every single, like if I would, were to go to ask every single designer what their price mm-hmm. is, it would vary so widely that it doesn't help me anyway. And yeah. so just have being able to set the price and have a template and saying, okay, that's the price. That's what I'm going to stick with. And that way you're not changing the price with every single uh, client has helped. That has helped me. Um, But it's still always that, that I don't know how to put it like this weird pressure that builds up before I'm going to send it. And it's Mm -hmm. like, what will the person say about this price? Yeah. And you get the people that are like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And I'm like, should have made it a little higher. Yeah. Um, yeah. I even had people come to me and I'll give them the price based on what I said. If I, you know, cause of course you have like your, your packages in which can be customized, but the price, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much is the same. I've had people come to me and say, yeah, well, my budget is two to $3,000 more than what you're saying. So let's max out the budget. What can I get for that? And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. You know? Yeah. And so people, the, the right people are going to, to pay you what you're worth. Um, so you just have to be, be patient in that. And that's why I literally like put the little thing together and I'll just send it. And I'm like, let me know if you have questions. I'll maybe check in once or twice. Then after that, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what has been the most surprising thing with your entrepreneurial journey? I would say the most surprising thing um, is, you know, what I said before, it's like, I feel so free, mm-hmm. which is like so weird. And, you know, I, I've come to the realization that there is literally nothing in the world that I absolutely 
have to do if I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, as a mother, I feel like the only thing that I have to do is be a mom, even on days <laughs> when she's getting on my nerves. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to be in mom mode. And I'll even tell mm-hmm. her, like, I'm off mom mode right now. <laughs> Please find <laughs> something to do. <laughs> but I feel like that is literally, Tegan is the only person, the only thing that in this world I feel like I'm obligated to take care of. Everything else is optional. And I feel like the things that I choose to, to, you know, deal with are the things that I'm going to choose to deal with. And that became so true for me once I realized that I don't have to wake up at 6 a.m., go through rush hour traffic to get my kids to daycare, to go into a job that I actually hate (laughs) Mm -hmm. or, you know, feeling like I'm not being heard or I'm not being, you know, like used to my, to the best of uh, that I know that I can be used to do. Like, and then I only have like two hours to actually spend time with my kid and I have to do Mm -hmm. it over again. Like, that's so stupid. Like, I don't have to do that. If that's something that you want to do because you love your job, that's fine. But it wasn't something that was fulfilling for me. So the most surprising thing that I've learned is just that, you know, you really are, you really can create the life that you want if you work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you always hear that, like, follow your dreams and you can do. And it's like, okay. Now that's not to say that for us people of color, there's going to be some obstacles there, um, that I can't deny that and sit here and say that I didn't have, you know, a mom who worked her ass off. I've never seen my mom not working. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. she was the first hustler that I knew in life. Like if she was tired, you know, she worked third shift. She didn't care. She mm-hmm. would be up all day doing stuff around the house and then sleep for two hours and go work all night. Mm-hmm. She still does that to this day. She's used to it now. So I've just, I've never seen that before. I've never seen, you know, someone not working because they don't want to, like she didn't want to, but she had to do what she had Mm -hmm. to do. So for me, it's the same thing. It's like, I'm going to do what I have to do to create the life that I want. Um, and, And that was like very surprising for me, considering also that like I'm 29 years old. I turned 29 last December. So I'll be turning 30 this year which is like, wow, like at 30, I'm going to be like living the life that I imagined for myself, which is crazy. Like I have at least, you know, if I stay healthy and stay out of trouble, like another 60 years of like just doing, living life and, and being happy about those Mm -hmm. things. And of course, you know, hard times come, but at least I know that of what the possibilities are if I just stay focused and, you know, working towards my goals. Yeah. Yeah. The freedom of being a business owner and whether you're still working 12 hour days and then you want to take three months off because you, you worked your butt off, you met your goals, you know, you you see the fruit of your labor versus working 12 hour days and then begging for like a 2% increase. Yeah. There's no pandemic. Mm -hmm. So 
just it, there is a ton of freedom in being your business. You got to, you, like you said, you got to put in the work, you got to, you know, yeah. network, you got to do all these things. And, mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, there is that freedom to be with your kids if you want to. Um, <laughs> my kids were a little younger. They were in kindergarten and pre-K when I uh, left corporate. And so those are not my, that's not, not my jam. I like older kids. <laughs> I like making jokes that they can at least roll their eyes at. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, it's it's very freeing to not have to be so, feel so guilty about your kid being sick or yeah. that in having to leave work and then putting in over the hours that you're supposed to put in just because you felt guilty. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, like you said, coming home and only having two hours, I used to you know, hop on a website update and then right before leaving work, get ready, get the kids to daycare or school, go to work the hours that I'm supposed to be at the office, come back and then hop back online because I have to pick up the kids like one minute before the daycare closed, (laughs) try to feed them and rush them to bed so I can just hop back on and do some more work. It was like the craziest thing. And now it's like, all right, it's three o'clock. I'm falling asleep. Let me go and do something else mm-hmm. that even if it's just browsing Facebook, it's like, I'm not yeah. worried about my boss, you know? Exactly. So, exactly. Um, yeah. The freedom is like, even during the time when I was like, you know, trying to work towards working for myself, like mm-hmm. my grandma had to kind of like check me. She's like, you pretty much work 24 seven. Like you take, you know, you bring Tegan here and then you go to work and then you come home and you're up all night working. Like mm-hmm. you need to make a decision. Like, hey, are you going to do the business or not? Or like, you're going to, you need to pick because like, this is crazy. Like you're doing mm-hmm. too much. Um, yeah. And I had to like get serious about the business and be like, okay, well, that's something that I know I want to do. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, you know, I, I like telling people entrepreneurship is not like a sexy thing. So, so like having this, freedom, <laughs> having this freedom, like took work. Like I remember, yeah. like I quit my job in April, 2019. By the time October came, I was broke. Mm-hmm. I literally didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. Like, and, and that was because unfortunately, you know, I had, taking on projects and, and work and doing things with people who may not have been the right fit mm-hmm. or I was adjusting my prices because I wanted to please people. And then at the end of the day, if they decide that they're not going to pay you or they, you know, want to cancel their contract, like mm-hmm. you just don't have any money. And I had to humble myself. I was doing Uber Eats. I was working at warehouse jobs at at night, like I'd work on my business during the day mm-hmm. and then go to a warehouse job and work until like midnight or one in the morning just to survive because I didn't want to give up like mm-hmm. the goal. I mean, I even had a job interview. I kind of feel bad, but I had an interview. They were like ready to offer me the job and I kind of just ghosted because I was like, I can't like, no, you did all this. Like you can't go back to work. That's not what mm-hmm. you wanted to do. You wanted to have the business. So you need to just humble yourself and find a way to maintain yeah. it. And I honestly think that <clears throat> because I went through that at the end of 2019, I was prepared for 2020. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as soon as the start of 2020 happened, like I, I was getting 
clients and business left and right. I mean, surprisingly for me, 2020 is the best year that I've had in my business mm-hmm. ever. In <laughs> here, yeah. And, you know, it's like those hard moments are going to happen. But in those moments, you have to choose, you know, again, going back to you, you have the freedom to decide which the things you want to deal with. You have to just decide, you know, how, how do you want to move forward? Like my friends know I'm that friend that I'll let you complain to me about the same thing, maybe twice, maybe three Mm -hmm. times. But after that, I'm like, what's the plan? Like, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Or do you just want to exactly? And I've had to also take a step back to know, okay, some people, I, I'm more of like a solutions venture. Some people just want to vent to vent. So I've had to take a step Mm -hmm. back and be like, okay, so are we just venting or do you want my opinion? And they're like, I don't want your opinion. Okay. (laughs) So I'll just listen and I'll nod my head. But we can't keep complaining about the same thing over and over if we're not going to make any moves to fix it and and change it. Yeah. Yeah. My 10 year old, um, I've had to, I don't remember exact wording, but yeah, she's just like, I'm just, I just want to tell you what happened. I don't want you to tell me what to do. And I'm like, oh, sorry. (laughs) Like, I just wanted you to have a goal. (laughs) (laughs) Do you need an Excel sheet? Because I can help you with that. So what has, um, I wanted to touch on a little bit. I know your community is called Respect the Hustle. But when we've talked in other conversations, other podcasts, um, you have mentioned that it's not all hustle. Like it's not just keep going until you are, you know, you have to take three months off because you burned out. Yeah. Where do you think that hustle culture comes from? Because I know, at least for me in the Latin culture, it's almost like, like you have to, like my mom also, she worked, you know, two double shifts. She would sleep two hours, take my brother and sister to, in order to put me through college, put, take my brother and sister to school, go back to work. And then like that, that was her whole cycle. Like just, she didn't see her kids when we finally left, um, when she, we finally left my stepfather's house. That was the cycle. You know, I became like the mom. So it's been like ingrained in our thing where you like, you just work hard and keep working and keep saving and you just don't stop until now with my mom with her bad back, but you just keep going. And so have you found that within yourself or, cause it's a hard habit to break, especially when you've seen it with your parents and Mm -hmm. and it's just hard. It is. It it is hard because, you know, if it were, if I, if my grandma didn't kind of sit me down and be like, basically choose, (laughs) which I was like, okay, I got to pick. Um, I probably, I mean, maybe I would have quit. I don't know. Or, or maybe I would have just been used to that hustle and bustle of like, okay, I go to work and I work on the business. This is kind of just what I do. But Mm -hmm. I think the reason why, like the, the phrase, I don't even know like how it came to me. It kind of just came to me one day, but I think respect is like the main part I want people to focus on when it comes to the hustle. Like right. you have to respect the hustle. Like the hustle mm-hmm. is is something that you do, but you also have to take a step back and know that. So I'm, I need to start pushing this thing more, but I'll say like, okay, I hustle, I sleep or rest or whatever you want to do in, bet- in between. And then you repeat. So it's like, mm-hmm. you do have to take those moments to kind of take a step back something that I did for Christmas. I got myself a Nintendo Switch Lite. 
like a little handheld. It's almost like a Game Boy type of thing. And um, and also got myself an iPad because I had one because, but Tangan kind of took it over. So I don't kids, get to as kids do. <laughs> I don't get to use it at all. But, you know, I, and I don't put the same like apps and notifications from my phone to the iPad so that if I'm mm-hmm. on the iPad and I just want to be on TikTok or if I want to just scroll Instagram aimlessly, I'm not signed into my business accounts on there. And I kind of can just take those moments to myself. And, you know, I'm really, into Animal Crossing Mm -hmm. right now, which is a a game for Nintendo. And, you know, taking those moments to just be like, I'm just going to disconnect. I've been working a lot Mm -hmm. and I'm going to take a break. I do keep track of my time. So like anything that I do during the workday, even this recording yeah. this, I have my timer going. So at the end of the week, I can be like, oh, wow, I worked like 50 hours. So this weekend doesn't matter what needs to get done. We're going to shut it down like laptop. Everything stays in the office. Just play your game and mm-hmm. watch Netflix, like find something to do. Um and I've also been, you know, the, the first time I ever like took a real vacation was like in 2017. <laughs> so I make it a point now, like every year I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to save my money and that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not allowed to take my laptop. And that's- oh, God, that's- <laughs> I, I'm getting heart palpitations. Point when you said, yes, <laughs> no so my friends are like, don't take that computer. I'm like, OK, I'm not, I'm not. Um, so yeah, I mean, you just have to, I think for me, what helps is really tracking the time because if it were up to me, Mm -hmm. I feel like I can be in go mode 24 seven, but when I'm able to actually see the time like that I put in Mm -hmm. for that day or for that week, that helps me kind of feel like, okay, I did work a lot, even though I don't feel like I did, I did. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to take a moment to like do something for me outside of this. I love that. And I don't know about your girls, but Tegan will straight up come to me and push my laptop down and be like, no more work, mom. It's nighttime. Uh, work is over. Let's cuddle. Let's watch a movie. Put your, she'll be like, put your phone down. <laughs> so she'll, she'll also, you know, and, and when she does that, that's the kind of mm-hmm. reality check for me too. Like, oh, wow. Like she's noticing that I'm working a lot. I don't want her to, you know, I mean, it's good to have good work ethic, but I don't want her to feel like I'm overdoing it. So I am going to take a step back. But when she goes to sleep, then I can get back to it. But in this moment, I'm going to be present with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my kids, I I don't know, like uh, they, I don't think they would dare do that. (laughs) (laughs) But they, they they do do the, like the puppy eyes, like, when are you going to be done working? I'm like, damn, okay. (laughs) Right. In in, in a way where it's like, it stabs you a little bit in your heart. Um, But yeah, my, apparently my go-to phrase, which they've turned around on me now, if I am just randomly walking around, I tell them, go do something productive with your life. And if they're watching like YouTube for hours and they're like, are you doing something productive with your life? I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's Saturday. (laughs) But definitely keeping that balance is extremely important, especially, and I just find it a hard habit to break. Like if I am, I'm just so used to the hustle work thing. And it was even before, oh shoot, I forget his name. Um, The guy who made the whole, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
so it's even before it's like always go 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 perfectionism be the best and having kids is like that force that makes you it makes you create balance because you you just can't I mean you could just feed them and leave but like that's not legal so (laughs) not ideal (laughs) it's not productive so um so it is a great way and just setting boundaries like you said you chose your methods of you you got that electronic device that Mm -hmm. is not logged into business Mm because for the sole purpose of having that boundary from your business and I I find that definitely being an entrepreneur not having a work laptop and quote-unquote like home laptop Mm -hmm. is also difficult because you see all those notifications and creating that balance on purpose and keeping track of your time, not only to build clients, but to also make, create that self-awareness and you choose what you want to do. If you like working the 60 hours, you feel good about it. I say, you know, go keep with the hustle. But like you said, if you want to fully hustle hundred percent, respecting it mm-hmm. and being actually within the hustle yeah. um, in the moment, you got to take that step back. You got to rest. I, my yeah. best work has been done when I've gotten some sleep. So yeah, I mean, I even did that the other day. There was something I really needed to get done for a meeting. And I was like, I can either stay up really late, even though I'm exhausted and I'm probably not going to put my best work into it. Mm -hmm. or I'm not much of a morning person, but you could wake up early before Tegan wakes up and get it done then and you'll be rested. And I decided to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's one of those things, again, like you mentioned, it's just so ingrained that Mm -hmm. we have to recognize those things and be diligent about breaking some bad habits that we may have picked up just Mm -hmm you know, seeing those things, but then also being grateful that our moms did that for us. So now we, because of their hard work, we were afforded the opportunities that we have to even be Mm -hmm. at the point where we can be our own bosses and work for ourselves. Yeah. I'm I'm like hands up emojis right now. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what is the one advice you would give to a business owner, let's make it a business owner, a person of color. What advice would you give them if they are starting up their business? And yeah, just what was one tip that has helped you? Yeah. So I, during those moments when I was like, how am I going to pay my mortgage? What's going on? <laughs> um, I, you know, went up to the altar at church and I'm just like, look, I need to know, okay, is this something I'm supposed to be doing or not? Because this is hard. And should I just go back to work? I don't know what to do. And one of the elders told me, she was like, you know, every major corporation, even Jeff Bezos, uh, I can't never say his last name right, the Amazon dude, even he had had these moments or Steve Jobs had those moments where it got to a point where they're like, man, like, did I make a mistake? Like, was starting this business not the right idea Mm -hmm. and the timing was it off or whatever and they all had to decide in that moment that they were just going to go full force and make it happen and now they're billion dollar corporations Mm -hmm. so she told me she's like in this moment you have to decide is it are you going to go for it or not and she Mm -hmm. was the one that told me like you know if you have to get a part-time job to support your business if you have to like 
find other ways to have income while you support your business, then that's just what you got to do. But if it's something you want, you have to be full force, like dedicated to it. Um, so I think, you know, my advice would be to invest in your professional development, whether that's joining, you know, different communities, you know, we're both at Haven. I just joined one of the cohorts because I have a goal. I was so close to almost being a six figure business in 2020. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, okay, like that is the goal. I feel like that's the goal for every business owner. Like you just want to make that first six figures. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to invest and join this cohort to like be around other people so that, you know, I can work towards this goal. So maybe you do have to get on YouTube and learn how to do your own hair. Like I have Mm -hmm. been doing for the last five years to save money. Mm -hmm. Maybe you do need to invest in, you know, uh, pay a barber to teach you how to, you know, at least do your lineup guys every week so that you only have to get like a real haircut once a month instead of once a week. Like you have to think about like, look at your money and where it's going and decide like, what is really important? Like, what are things that you absolutely cannot budge on? But what are some things that you could probably be like, I don't have to go to Starbucks every day. I don't have to get my nails done every two weeks. Like, and you got to be real with yourself. And if you decide after you do that, there's nothing you want to budge on. That's cool. But you have to understand that because you're not willing to budge on some of your, you know, guilty pleasures, it may take you a little longer to get to where you want to go. And if you're okay with that, that's fine. But if you're not, then you need to just be realistic with yourself to make the decisions that you need to make to reach your goals. So, you know, with us, with black girls, we spend a lot of money on our hair, (laughs) a lot of money. So this, what I have, like this hair is like 54 inches. If I would have went to a a braiding place and got this done, it would have, especially with color, easily $200 or more. It cost me to do it myself, seven hours and $20. Mm, All right. So it's like, I saved $180 mm-hmm. and maybe just taking a Saturday to prop up my iPad and binge watch a show while I do my hair. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. If you're not, then, you know, you really just got to think about um, those things. I think people don't talk enough about the money. Like we want to make money, but think about the money you have and what are you doing with it? What are you doing with the money you have right now? Mm-hmm. Oh That's my God. So much, so much gold. <laughs> Just look at, because, okay, so this is, so I, even with business, right? Like, what are you spending on? So look at all those subscriptions and then personal too. You want to have a business? Look at what you're spending your money on. And coming from corporate where there was literally a Starbucks downstairs, right? <laughs> and you want to, like we were talking about before, you want to fit in. So it's the clothes, the heels, the, and, and you feel bad about wearing the same clothes too close together. So you have to yes. get different clothing, yeah. hair, getting your nails done. And those, just look at those numbers because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's crazy how much money yeah. I was spending to, I don't know, to just somehow fit in. Mm-hmm. But although my skill set should have just helped me get in, right? Exactly. And so if you want to start a business, you're going to have to make those small sacrifices. Yeah. But at the same time, like, 
you, you, like you learned how to do your hair, you can do like, if worse comes to worse, you could possibly do someone else's. So like, yeah. I've been learning how to do my nails. Mm-hmm. Worse comes to worse. I could do someone like, it's just exactly things like that, that you have to, like you were saying before, you just have to like humble yourself and say, I want this business to work. Mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Like, I'm totally yeah. open to doing Uber if something goes wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get into real estate. What am I, where, what kind of condition am I willing to buy a location in mm-hmm. and live in it while I'm fixing it up? Sucks that I have kids and, you know, I can't go to certain areas, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, my kids are very, uh, I don't know. Innocent is one word for it. <laughs> um, so, you know, like, but make those sacrifices because whatever your goal is, whether it's in corporate in climbing the ladder, whether it is owning a business, owning rental properties, whatever it is, you're going to have to make a few cuts and do those with intention. Don't just, God, it was, I'm so frustrated with myself because it was like, you know, you, you, you're just spending money or you're going about your life without any goals, without any intention. Mm -hmm. But when you look at how you've been spending, but even the past year, the past two years, what mm-hmm. have you taken away from it? Like you said, you joined a cohort, mm-hmm. um, which at Haven, it's, it's one of it's gold to be in one of those. And just learning that, priding yourself in your personal development, that's yeah. going to help you whether your goal is to become a CEO of a company or to build that company. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then even speaking of the clothes, like I just paid off like, a couple credit cards last year. I have one more that I should have paid off this summer because that's what I would use the credit cards for. It's mm-hmm. like, I have to get a credit card from Lane Bryant so I can like have all these nice work clothes or I need a credit card for Target so I mm-hmm. can like have the cool coffee mug and like, you know, I got to get some some cute shoes or little booties to wear because it's fall and everybody else got new booties and I need some yeah. too. It's like... And that, you know, has, because of that, when I was broke in 2019, I couldn't get a business loan to support myself because my credit was shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was trash. It was horrible because I had all these credit cards and I was already broke, so I couldn't pay the credit cards. So Mm -hmm. I'm falling, you know, even further behind on them and being delinquent on them, Mm -hmm. but I can't get a business loan because my credit is trash (laughs) Mm -hmm. because of those decisions that I made in the past. So it's like, you know, really humbling yourself and taking ownership of the things that you did, you know, a lot, a lot of time in, Not to say that, like, you know, like trauma and generational trauma and like having all these things are not real because they are for us, especially for us. But I do think and, you know, my friends know that I'm just like, okay, so but what is the solution for today? Like, yes, those things happen, but what can I do today as a grown woman to make better decisions to make my the end of my story better than how it started like you can't keep blaming how the story started as to why you can't do x y and z like now you're grown you're an adult so what are you going to do right now to fix it um and I feel like you know I hate like the oh woe is me thing like yes like that sucked but like how can we move forward? Like, what are we going to do to, to fix it? 
I was actually talking to a friend yesterday. She's also a black woman. She's actually African. Um, she's her parents are from Ghana, and we were talking, and she, we were you know saying how we're not really those people. We know we need to try to get more like press for ourselves. Like maybe I should submit my story to Forbes, or maybe I should do these things. But it's like sitting down, like writing your life story and how all these crazy things happen. And now you're like this big entrepreneur. It's like, that's probably the case for so many people. Like everybody has gone through something. If you're me as a black woman, I know that probably other black women have similar experiences that I have and you as a Latina woman probably can think of like things that just happen within your culture that most of you probably experience. So it's like, how can one black woman like now be a multi-billionaire like a Oprah, but the rest of us can't like that? That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Like, yes, there's systems in place and they're they're there for a reason, but we have to think about our the things that we can touch. Like, mm-hmm. what are things that I can touch like immediately? Sure, I can't touch a system directly, but I can touch the fact that I just spent on bundles to make for a lace front. You can control that. (laughs) Or I can control that I got a Target card and, you know, went to Target for one thing and came out with 10. Mm -hmm. Those are things that we can control. (laughs) And just taking ownership of that to to move yourself forward is like, so it's something that I had to really learn um, and take accountability for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, taking ownership for the and then just moving forward. So like I literally I became a surrogate in order to pay off those credit cards and um and to get us to a better position. And it's just like, all right, I dug this hole. What can I do to get out of it? It's stop reliving yeah. the same story. You know, it's like just be the example that you would want to set for your kids. Like you know what? I'm just going to send Mike because I, you know, they're not going to listen to their mama. I'm going to send them to you so that you can, whenever yeah. they're complaining, I'll be like, you go see Tanisha. Uh, and she's going to tell you, it's to give you pretty much the same advice I would have given you, but with less, uh, less, you know, Spanish swear words. And you're probably going to listen to her instead. So. Yeah. I feel like everyone like takes advice from anyone, but their mother until you're like our age and you're like, Okay, yeah, no, she was definitely right about that. <laughs> yeah, but it's still hard to admit. <laughs> yes, it is. No, she won't, she won't hear right. this. So she won't know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can we find you? I know you are on Instagram, Facebook, and all the places, but where are, where are those user handles, website addresses, all the yeah. cool that we can find about you? Yes. So the website is tjecommunications.com. And then I'm everywhere as tjecom. So just tjecomm on Instagram and Twitter. And then tjeceo everywhere um, personally on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining. And um and everybody check out Respect the Hustle. There's a conference coming up, I believe. Um, yes. no, yeah, the links will be in the show notes. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Is there anything, any last words, any favorite quote or favorite lyric? You know, I don't know about the explicitness of this podcast, but <laughs> you can feel free. We will just bleep it out if you want. 
You know, I just want everyone to to know. So there's this quote, I think I have it in like most of all my bios where it's like, don't fashion me as a woman that needs saving from a dragon. I am the dragon. So Ooh. I need to be saved, honey, because I, I am the dragon. So you ain't got to save me. And, you know, I that's just how I live my life. It's like, I'm not going to allow my circumstances to hold me back. Yes, they have shaped who I am, but at the end of the day, I'm going to save myself. Um, and I'm going to do what I need to do to be the best mother, the best, you know, daughter, friend, co-working space person <laughs> um, to, to everybody that I can touch. So I just hope that, you know, you know that if whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. If you just, we just have to stay humble and just, you know, really think about how we're spending our time and how we're spending our resources so that we can become the best versions of ourselves. Wow. Damn. Okay. Well, that <laughs> is perfect. So everybody we haven't even had coffee yet. Yeah. <laughs> So everybody be the dragon and uh, and check out Tanisha. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Thank you for listening to another episode of Level Up and Thrive. Make sure to leave a review and check out the show notes for all of the information. Are you a powerhouse? Have a story to share. Go to levelupandthrive.com to tell me all about it. Hasta la próxima.